This is Communio Sanctorum, the history of the Christian Church, Season 2. This is Part 4 of the First Centuries, and we'll give it the title, An Easter Tussle. Have you noticed that, generally speaking, Christians like to argue? Maybe we get it from our spiritual ancestors, the Jews. Once while on a tour of Jerusalem at what were called the Southern Steps of the Temple Mount, our Jewish guide told us that there's a frequent joke told among his people— that where you have two Jews, you have three opinions. Yeah, it seems that controversy has been a part of the history of the church since its inception. And maybe that's really more of a human tendency than something that's unique to or the sole prerogative of the followers of Jesus. In this fourth episode of the first centuries of the church, we're taking a look at an acrimonious debate that split the church into warring camps before the end of the second century. Even while facing the pressure of persecution from without, believers decided to spin up their own internal stress. Now surely, if Christians were going to draw lines and take sides while being battered by a world of hostile pagans, what they argued over must have been super important, right? I mean, we must be dealing with some critical issues of theology and essential of the faith. Well, they certainly thought it was important. We, on the other hand, probably don't find it to be that crucial. It all had to do with the timing of Easter. Yep, they went to town on when to commemorate the death and resurrection of Jesus. As we examine this, we could go into the minutiae of detailed terminology and the fine nuances of theological musings that underpinned the different positions that were taken at the time. I'm not going to do that for this reason. It would bore the bejeebers out of nearly everyone. And... Well, I'd be mouthing stuff I don't really understand. But if I did say it, some people might assume that I did understand it, and that would make me appear way, way smarter than in fact I am. That would be misleading. Honestly, as I read and researched for this episode, I found that I had to reread numerous passages several times and only then conclude, uh, yeah, I'm never going to understand that. Can someone please draw a picture or an illustration so my puny noggin can grasp that? One of the marks of greatness as a teacher is the ability to take complex ideas and make them accessible to those of average intellectual capacity. So it's been interesting over the years to read and research. When I find material that's verbose, but after reading it, I find I'm no closer to grasping it than when I began. Well, I've come to realize it's less about my incapacity as it is the writer's inability to communicate. It's rare that I read material that isn't pitched to what we'd call a general audience. I expect technical jargon and a bit of the opaque when reading something that the author assumed would be read only by a set of professional peers. And I say all of that to share that when studying the early Easter controversies, several of the authorities write of it in such a complicated manner that it makes me wonder if even they grasped the material that they recorded. Other authors admit that handling this subject is a challenge. While we have some names and some dates, parsing the subtlety of the debate is inordinately difficult. So there's no way that I'm going to shed light on the real crux of the issue as they debated it. What I will do is simply share a brief narrative of events as best we know it and attempt to sort through the major themes. 
Well, the first record that we have of a discussion on the issue of when to commemorate Easter dates to AD 150. That it does arise at that time means that it was something that was probably already at play in the life of the church. Polycarp, the bishop of Smyrna in Asia Minor, visited Anikiros, the bishop of Rome. As they shared, the issue of when to celebrate Easter arose. The church in Asia Minor, that is, all of those churches that Jesus sent letters to in Revelation chapter 2 and 3, as well as dozens of other fellowships located across the region, all commemorated the Last Supper on the 14th of the Jewish month of Nisan, the same date as the Jewish Passover, and Jesus' resurrection two days later. And they celebrated it regardless of the day of the week. The Roman church was committed to commemorating Jesus' resurrection on a Sunday. While the two church leaders discussed the merits of their positions, neither persuaded the other, and they parted, literally, agreeing to disagree. We have an interesting account of the dispute from Polycarp's pupil, Irenaeus. He wrote, quote, When the blessed Polycarp sojourned to Rome in the days of Anikitas, and they had some little difference of opinion likewise with regard to other points, they forthwith came to a peaceable understanding on the observance of Easter, having no love for mutual disputes. For neither could Anikitos persuade Polycarp not to observe inasmuch as Polycarp had always observed with John, the disciple of our Lord, and the other apostles with whom he had associated, nor did Polycarp persuade Anikitos to observe who said that he was bound to maintain the custom of the elders before him. These things being so, they communed together, and in the church, Anikidos yielded to Polycarp, out of respect, no doubt, the celebration of the Eucharist, and they separated from each other in peace, all the church being at peace, but those that observed and those that did not observe the 14th of Nisan maintaining peace." Unquote. Irenaeus' account proves that Christians at the time of Polycarp knew how to keep the unity of the Spirit without requiring uniformity of ritual. Later, in the same letter, Irenaeus goes so far as to laud this when he writes, quote, The difference in our ways of fasting establishes the unanimity of our faith. Unquote. Eastern churches followed a Jewish chronology, adhering to the authority of the apostles John and Philip. They celebrated a Christian Passover on the same day as the Jewish Passover, that is the 14th of Nisan, which of course could fall on any day of the week. They did this by keeping a fast, which ended by sharing a meal and taking communion in the evening. Because we love labeling people according to all kinds of things, these Eastern Asian Christians came to be called the 14thers. But that doesn't sound very sophisticated, so they picked the Latin equivalent, Corda Decamanians. A little long to put on a team jersey, so I'm sure their more popular name was something like the Cortas or the Decamans. Though the church at Rome followed a different calendar for commemorating Easter, the Corda Decaman observance was most likely the oldest and accorded with the Synoptic Gospels account of Jesus' last Passover, which it commemorated. The Roman church also appealed to custom and perennially celebrated Jesus' death on a Friday the day of the week that it was reckoned to have originally occurred, with his resurrection always on a Sunday after the March full moon. Nearly all Western churches agreed with Rome and laid heavy stress on commemorating Jesus' res resurrection on a Sunday. 
The Roman practice created an entire week of solemn fasting, ending with a feast celebrating the resurrection, while the Asiatic practice ended their fast on the evening of the 14th of Nisan, which might fall several days before Sunday. So in short, the Eastern Church was more concerned to line up their commemoration of Jesus' death and resurrection with the Jewish Passover on the 14th of Nisan, regardless of what day of the week it fell on. The Western Church was all about keeping the commemoration of Jesus' death on a Friday and his resurrection on a Sunday. It was a controversy over a date in the month versus a day in the week. Heavy stuff. Break out the knives. The debate eventually settled in around the idea of how closely the Christian commemoration of Jesus' death and resurrection ought to be tied to the Jewish Passover. That was a no-brainer to the first Christians who, as Jews, continued to keep the Passover, though they saw it now as prophetic of and fulfilled by Christ, the ultimate Passover lamb who takes away the sins of the world. But when the church became primarily Gentile in makeup, hostility grew between Jews and Gentiles, and Christians had no qualms of stepping away from its Jewish connections. On the contrary, some argued against the Cordodecamanians for precisely that reason. They wanted to expunge the faith from any and all taint of Judaism. But the Johannian tradition dominant in Asia represented a clinging to historical precedent and had the advantage of an immovable Easter without being Judaizing in anything but the observance of a fixed day of the month. The Roman practice seemed to stand for freedom and discretion with an independent festival schedule. Looked at another way, the Eastern practice leaned heavily towards commemorating Jesus' death, while the West placed the emphasis on his resurrection. As I prepare this episode, I've just finished the message for this coming Sunday out of Mark chapter 7, where Jesus was challenged by his critics over questions of ritualistic tradition. So I can't help but analyze all of this from what he said there. It seems clear to me that far more than questions of doctrine, church leaders were consumed in these Easter controversies with the dogmatic and the ritualistic, with traditions far more about man-made rules than what God's Word said. Now, truth be told, where in any of Jesus' teaching, the book of Acts, or in the letters of the New Testament, do we see the church being called on to commemorate Jesus' death and resurrection once a year? What we have is his command to celebrate the Lord's Supper, or communion, Eucharist, or whatever other label it goes by in the various movements of the faith. But few and far between are those who think that means only a once annual event called Easter. Considering how acrimonious the whole argument got, with some coming to outright blows, we have to conclude that this whole thing grieved God. Still, considering it purely historically, and remembering to evaluate things based not on our values, but on those of the time, the controversy was fueled mostly from a profound awareness that everyone who called themselves a Christian ought to believe the same thing. That title Catholic really meant something. Remember that the word Catholic means universal. And long before it was used to describe a major branch of the church and was then modified by the term Roman, it simply meant what all Christians believed and practiced, as opposed to the schismatics who had moved into error and broken away. Church leaders all owned the priority to maintain unity 
and to root out what they deemed divisive. So they regarded it as crucial to make sure that everyone kept the commemoration of Jesus' death and resurrection on the same day. Heaven forbid that some people would be fasting in honor of his death at the same time that others were feasting in celebration of his resurrection. And because of this, the Roman tradition eventually triumphed. Easter became a movable holiday whose date varies from the end of March to later in April. It was the first major church council at Nicaea in 325 that the date for Easter was finally fixed. The council condemned the Cordodecamanians as schismatics. Now, they weren't considered heretics, mind you, just schismatics. While a heretic has rejected the faith and so is considered lost, a schismatic is going to heaven, but errors on an important point of doctrine. Not a central doctrine, but important enough to have to be put out of the communion of the church. We're going to end this episode by briefly saying that while the Council of Nicaea effectively ended the Easter controversy on the continent, the Celtic Church in Britain refused to knuckle under and kept their own council regarding when to celebrate the death and resurrection of Christ. While ancient church leaders would likely argue the point, modern historians tend to see the Celtic position as more about the assertion of their independence than out of some dearly held belief on when and how to keep Easter. Easter.